Hi, besties. Ooh, I've never said that one before. Okay. Hi, welcome to POV, my therapist, the podcast where I vent, you listen, and you do not get paid. Periods. Um, I've been saying period way too much and I need to stop. It's becoming obnoxious and I feel like it's making me sound dumb, but it's like when the heart wants what it wants. And right now my heart wants to say period and after every fucking word. I'm going to try my best not to do that this podcast episode because I did it a lot the last one and you're just really, you're here with me. You're here through the phases of my life and this is just one of them. The per period, the per period stage. So um, today's one of those days where I'm having a great day. I feel like I could honestly just talk about anything, but I'm not going to do that because I am a good person and you, your ears and your brain does not deserve this. So I'm actually going to talk about two things today and I'm going to talk about the fear of failure and I am going to talk about um, comfort bombing, right? So I'm going to talk about comfort bombing first because... I feel like it's the, it's the smaller end of the conversation. And I just want to tell you that when I walked into this fucking room, let me, so when I walked into the room just now, I threw my cup of coffee on the table. I threw it on the table. Um, you know how you just throw things on the table and the table's there. So it just makes sense. You know, you throw your keys, you throw your phone, you throw a bottle of water. Yeah. I threw my cup of coffee. That was great. Um, Yeah. Anyways, so the first thing I wanted to talk about was comfort bombing. And my friend and I, um, his, should I give him a fake name? No. His name And and I had this conversation the other day. And like, we, you know, both of us, we was on FaceTime, bonnets up, hair up, looking crusty, dusty, musty. And that is honestly the best time to have these kinds of conversations. And is a, he is a light, I would say. He's a joy of my life, um, sometimes. And the conversation, and actually I need to preface like his personality. is a really good guy. Like he's a good guy. Like he's a nice guy. Like he has a very, he has like a lot of feminine energy in him and he communicates decently. (laughs) I swear, this is not a roast. Uh, We're going to get to a good point. He communicates really well decently once again I keep wanting to say communicates well or well and then I remember a moment that he did not communicate well with me and I'm like decently no but like he's a good friend to have like he's a really good friend and like I've always felt like safe around him like and all all of our other friends have always like loved him like you know what I'm saying like he's just a good person he's a good guy and that's the thing like he's not the except well I mean I was going to say he's not the exception to the rule, but he kind of is the exception to the rule. He is not the standard. Like, he is not sitting at a bar. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the bar is on the floor, and, like, the bar is on the floor for men, but I would say that him, he sits at the bar where the women sit. Because he has emotional intelligence. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm not praising this man. He simply has emotional intelligence. That's it. But that shit is so rare to come by with these. That is like when you, when you find a guy who has emotional intelligence, you're like, come here, come here, bring that dick here. That's not the context of which we are talking about him, but 
the context of which we're snatching him up is him being a really good friend and him being our really good friend. But my dear friend has come into this issue often where because he has emotional intelligence, a lot of women think that he is in love with them when really he is just being the bare minimum of a human. And he was telling, we were having this conversation the other day because he was like, I feel like, he was like, am I the asshole? This was basically a am I the asshole Reddit thread on FaceTime. He was like, am I the asshole because, you know, I talk to this girl all the time, like I care for her, like obviously, blah, blah, blah. But then like, she wants to make it more or like I turn around and I'm like, we're not any more than that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't have feelings for you like that. And at first I was like, yes, you are the asshole. Because why would you act like that with a girl that you don't even like? Like, you don't even like her. And you're, you're like, being nice to her? You're treating her like a person? How fucking dare you, sir? Like, that literally was where my brain went, first of all. And then, like, the more, like, I tried to reason that, we were like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. we see the problem the problem simply is that men do not treat women like people so when a man treats a woman like a person our women minds are so I don't want to say accustomed because it requires a much deeper word we have been programmed brainwashed to think that men being the bare minimum is normal so when a man comes and he has an inkling an inkling of an inkling of emotional maturity where like he loves me he loves me and i'm gonna be extremely candid and tell you that when i first met him that's what happened that's what happened uh-huh i was like he loves me he's in love with me period duh <laughs> and now years later i'm like no like this is a friendship like this is how friendship should be it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman like the bottom line should be the same thing so that has, like, been an issue and, like, not an issue. Well, it's been an issue for him because, like, left and right girls are like, you suck, you played me, you this and that, when really he's just being a person. And, like, and I don't think that they're, I'm hoping they're not details he's leaving out. I really shouldn't have used his real name for this. I'm going to bleep out his name when the time comes for this. But anyway, so he and I were having this conversation and he was saying that he was kind of really, like, stuck in this am I the asshole life thread of his. And... And he was like, but I can't help but, like, be, get really comfortable. Like, his safe space and is around women. And, like, the safe space is around women. And the thing is, we had this conversation, and a couple days later, I had a similar conversation with my other friend. And she was saying how she was dating a guy who would constantly say that a lot of his safe spaces involve women. But why has he fucked all of these women? What? That doesn't really sound like your safe space is women to me. That sounds like you're preying on women. Like, to me, that's what it sounds like. If your safe space is really women, why have you had sex with all of the women? That doesn't make sense to me. That sounds like you are, I don't know. It just doesn't sound right to me. And like, I don't know, maybe that's going to make me sound like an old prude. I don't give a shit. It doesn't, something is fishy here. And by the way that he treated my friend, I would definitely say that that, his safe space is not women, that he's definitely preying on women because he is, bottom line, I'm not going to put her business out there. This dude is a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. He's a bad person. 
Okay. But anyways, so when, when I, when guys tell me that their safe space is women, automatic red flag, but knowing that I am a part of the safe space and that there is nothing like my friend has, my, my male friend has never like attempted anything with all of us, any of us. I know that that to be true. Like I genuinely trust him and I know him and I've known him for years. Anyways, that's beside the point. See, this is the thing. When you start talking good about a man, you automatically feel the need to defend him because men just cannot be good. It's really hard to talk about a man in the context of them being good and not feeling like you've been brainwashed in a way. And like, even as I'm like talking about him, I know him. He's my friend. We've known each other for six years. My brain literally is like, you need to overcompensate by like, Every time you say something good about him, you need to say something bad because there's no way that anybody's going to believe that a man can be good. Take my word for it. This is a good man until he does something evil, period. That's just how we're going to have to keep that. So a lot of his safe spaces have been with women and he's always felt a lot of comfort around women. So it's like, and also like he's a very pretty boy. And I think like in our culture, like being Caribbean, um, he's Dominican In our cultures, like they want to toughen you up. Like men, the toxic masculinity, the machismo, the big buff, big dick pissing contest never takes a moment. It doesn't take a break. It really doesn't. Like, it, like it, it's so absurd. Cause like even the good guys, like in my family, like they, every once in a while, they be coming out with some wild misogynistic shit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you were my good uncle. Like, what are you saying? Like, what are you saying? So, like, that's very prevalent in our culture. And, like, because he's a pretty boy, like, he's always, like, around other men. Like, other men have always tried to, like, toughen him up. Like, you know, stay with your chest. Like, type of shit. So, he's, his, his safe space has always been around women. If you don't want to be, like, a super machismo, like, toxically masculine, and women allow you a little bit of refuge, you're probably going to gravitate more towards women. So, basically, when he, like, the way I can only describe this is, when he's around women, he feels like he can take his wig off, period. Period. So the moment he gets around women, he immediately feels comfortable. But to women who don't know him, who aren't part of our friend group, who aren't part of his family, that automatically translates to high intense emotional feeling. And he was like, am I comfort bombing? Like, he's like, I think I'm comfort bombing, but I don't know how to take that back. He was like, how am I supposed to like... I can't decide to treat women like shit so they don't think I'm in love with them. <laughs> That's what he said. He's like, I can't decide to treat women like shit so they don't think I'm in love with him. So, like, we're talking about that. And, like, the thought of comfort bombing really came, like, started very innocently. But then I had this conversation with my friend about her asshole guy. And I was like, no, like, there's a whole other side to comfort bombing. And comfort bombing, and I fucking went through this very recently, Okay. Very recently, I was talking to this guy, and, like, he started off telling me, um, you know, this is a friends with benefits type situation, like, we're just, I'm, we're just, we're just gonna fuck, and I was like, I right, cool, we just gonna fuck, internet, per, let's go, and then he's like, but I need you to talk to me every day, and I'm like, okay, cool, we just gonna fuck, and you need me to talk to you every day, bet, and then he was like, we just gonna fuck, and I need you to talk to me every day, but you're not allowed to fuck anybody else. And I was like, okay, so we're just going to fuck and I have to talk to you every day and I'm not allowed to fuck anybody else. Huh? And then the thing that really got me was he was like, cool, we're just going to fuck. 
um, you're not allowed to talk to anybody else. You have, uh, you're not allowed to sleep with anybody else. You have to talk to me every day. And then I want you to soft launch me on Instagram. And I was like, what? <laughs> like you want, I was like, do you realize like all of the things that you're asking of me, um, you're asking a lot. <laughs> you're asking a lot. And the thing was like, you know, I'm lonely. <laughs> I don't have a problem, you know, pretending, playing make-believe every once in a while. But my thing is, I am just like, I know for a fact, knowing you with yourself and just men in general, the day would come when I've spent weeks fucking you not talking to anybody else, feeling like, yeah, we're in a relationship that's not really a relationship, but, like, it's going to be a relationship. You, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, it's going to be that. The day is going to come when I need you, when I need him, and he is just going to be like, I'm not your boyfriend. I'm not your boyfriend. He's going to be like, get somebody else to do it. I'm not your man. I That day would 100% come. And the minute when he mentioned soft launching – on Instagram, I was like, oh, fuck no. I was like, the day is going to come when I need somebody and you are going to refuse to be that somebody because why do you have to be that person? I have done everything. Uh, you didn't need me before. You were good with this before. And then, you know, the crazy thing is, I not to get off a tangent, but I noticed like a lot of men, they'll say like when that time comes, they'll be like, you're feeling hurt because you're like, bro, like we've been going through this and like, we've been pretending. Why can't you pretend a little bit longer or, you know, step into the role, fully commit as you would say. And the day's going to come and they're literally going to be like, you can't necessarily call them a liar because they told you what it was from the jump. Those men are always going to be they're always going to tell you that they told you the truth. And the fucked up part is they did. They never lied. They told you the truth every step of the way. So you cannot say that they lied. Don't you love that? I love that. And I literally was thinking about that. And like, and I, and I, you know, I was, I was a little, it was weird. Cause like I had one foot in one foot out and like, I was talking about it to somebody and they were like, a man who loves you, who likes you, who even is interested in you is never going to be mean to you. Like they're never going to hurt your feelings. Like if they're comfortable with themselves, cause like I've had moments where like guys who like me, they're mean to me. And I'm like, why are you doing that? They're not comfortable with themselves, but that's a different conversation. They're never going to, they're going to lie to you. She was like, men who actually love you, they're going to lie to you because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Because they want, you say, do I look good in this dress? Yeah, you look great, babe. Um, did I forget to do this? If they know it's going to make you feel dumb. No, you didn't. You did it. And then they go do it. Like, you see what I'm saying? It's not like lying. It's like, it's like uh, cushioning your feelings. So, so that guy was comfort bombing me. And the guy that my friend was talking to was also comfort bombing her. And the way he did it was so fucking meticulous and specific. Basically, he was like, 
um, I don't want to have sex with you. I just want to talk. Let's just be friends, right? Then, like, they start off, let's just be friends. And then they're adding more shit on. Like, they want you to be there for them. They want you to to be the person that, like, they can call when there's something wrong. They have family shit going on. They call you and involve you. They have friends stuff going on. They call you and involve you. You go to their space, and they immediately make you feel comfortable. They're being intimate with you and like the thing is a lot like these guys they have such a confusion about like the word intimate and intimacy they think that intimacy is like love they can't picture intimacy without sex like to them intimacy and sex go hand in hand right and I and I know sex means intimacy but the intimacy I'm talking about is the love part of sex like the love part the fucking I love you, like when they say that shit and they're like, you're fucking and they're like, I love you and they mean it and like you're crying and it's ugly. That's what they think of when they think of intimacy. I shit you not, men swear to God they're not dramatic, liars, okay? They have a Bridgerton movie going on in their head all the time. There is no gray area. Everything is either black or white and that black and white is fucking dramatic. So when they think of intimacy, they're thinking of Bridgerton. I kid you not. They're thinking of Bridgerton after Daphne and the, what I forget his name, Daphne and Simon after they were married and they were in love. That's what they're thinking. That's what they're thinking. But women know that intimacy is holding your hand. Women know that intimacy exists with romantic relationships and friendships. Women know that intimacy is when you're crying and you're having a hard time and your friend just runs her fingers through your hair and she's like, you're so pretty. Intimacy, like women know that this kind of intimacy is it's so strong. It's just, it's stronger than, than the fucking intimacy. I have seven minutes left. Women know that. Women understand that. The, like, I've talked about this before, but, like, and, and, like, the, the greatest intimacy, like, that literally almost fucking brought me to tears. That is an intimate moment. Like, intimacy is when you strip down the layers of, of fucking standard, societal, all the shit that you mask on every day that you put on your body, you put on your face, you put on the clothes, you put on the armor, you put on the the fucking personality. When that is all stripped away and it just like, it's to, to the core of your being, it's somebody seeing you, recognizing you, loving you for who you are. Like that is like a crazy, I could cry, it's just talking about that but it's like a crazy form of intimacy and I I've said this before but like the most recent time I felt that was almost a fucking year ago when my friend I went to visit her she we walked into the store that she worked at and all her friends were there all her hot friends and I'm a fat bitch and she took my hand and she was like guys this is my best friend Like, I could cry. Like, <laughs> like, that is really, like, such a deep intimacy. But, like, men don't get that. They don't get that. They will, girl, they will do the most intimate shits. 
and they're just like, no, I'm like, this, this is normal. Bitch, no. And, like, and the way this ties back in with comfort bombing is the single fact that they don't recognize that. And so they, they know all the, they know all of the movements. They know the dance. They know, I want to lay down and have her play with my hair. I want to take a bubble bath with her. I want to feed her grapes. I want to play with her hair. I want to braid her hair. I want to touch her nose. I want to kiss her. I want to suck on her fucking toes. Like shit like that. They know all the movements. They don't understand why they're doing them. They genuinely think that they are driven by a sexual desire when really what they are driven by is the need to feel close to somebody. So that need is so large and they cannot recognize it. So you know what they do? They pick the closest bitch who's dumb enough to, you know, fall into a situation with them and they do all that to her because they need that comfort because they, they're like a, they're like a fucking dog. They're like a puppy. They're like a cat making biscuits. They don't have the, they don't have the real thing. So they have to make it up somehow. And so they pick a girl, they, all right, these are the needs, duh, and they throw it on her. And they're like, yep, this is it. This is what I need. But at the end of the day, it's never going to be enough for them because they think that this is, they think they can just do the charade of the play that they don't need to actually understand what the play is about. They don't think they need to know the real definition of the words that they are saying or using. And to me, that's really sad. That is really sad because so many of these guys, like they, like, and the thing is like, you can't even be mad at them. Like I, like that guy that comfort bombed me, am I mad at him? No. Yes. I'm mad at him for other reasons. I have nothing to do with the comfort bombing, but like the guy that comfort bombed me, I'm like, what you need is love. Do you know that? Do you know that? Like, that's what you need. And you're asking me that. And I know I need love. And I'm not going to get it from you. Because I know what it means. I know that at the end of the night, this ends. And, and it didn't mean anything. And it's not going to mean anything. But you don't want to face that. Like, you don't want to face that. And like, Oh, like it's such a sad thing because I'm just like, you could literally get that if you, you could get that two ways. You could get a girlfriend, but the word girlfriend is horrifying to you. And the other way you can get it is you can go see a hooker who will do that and more and it will feel just as good. And you didn't have to emotionally manipulate anybody. You can do that. But that scares them as well. I don't know why, but it does. Like, Oh my God, a long time, you know, a while ago I wrote a story about this lady because I, I was going through this horrible drought. <sighs> yeah, I was going through this terrible drought <laughs> and it wasn't just like a sexual drought. It was, I needed hugs. I needed, I needed somebody to literally, I didn't even need hugs. I need somebody to look me in the eye and, and tell me that I was alive and that I was going to be okay. So I wrote this fucking story about this lady who never thought that anybody would ever love her and that nobody was ever going to be there for her. And then, you know, she got married and she actually got married pretty young 
not pretty young, like in her twenties, like late twenties, like right when she'd given up and she got married to this guy and he was just everything that she ever wanted. And he was amazing and he was a great husband and he was so loving and so caring. And then he dies. Cause why not? You know, he always dies and then he dies and it's like Harry and big actually. And he dies and she is like, I'm never going to find this again. I'm never going to find this again. So she starts seeing, she starts hiring male prostitutes and she hires them. And the big scandal of it is that she's famous and, and she gets caught and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, all she made these prostitutes do was shower with a bar of soap that the same bar that her husband used to use so that when they laid next to her, they would smell, he would, the man, the man would be her husband just like for one more night. Like that's like, that's very intimate. Like that's very intimate. I was going to say something because the whole thing about sense reminded me of something that the comfort bomber did, but I'm not going to bring that up. But yeah, and like seeing that, it just makes me so fucking sad. And like, I'm just like, who told you that? Like, who who told you that you couldn't be? Like, why are men so scared of relationships? Why? Why are they so scared of it? You know, if it's not working out, you can end it, right? But the thought of like even stepping into one, they're so afraid of commitment. They're so afraid of anything that like simply binds them. And like, I genuinely think that it's also because men have been conditioned not to actually be with women they like. Like, that's crazy to me. The amount of guys that, like, they're like, do you get married just to say you hate your wife? Like, what is going on? Like, aren't you supposed to be happy? Like, what are you doing? Uh, why, why aren't you, like, thinking of love like love? Like, the thing that's hilarious to me is a guy will comfort bomb you all day long. He will project the intimacy he needs onto you and actually love you right? But because he projected that shit onto you and because he knows that he can't be with you. He can't be with you. You've seen too much of him. You know him. You've, you've, you've looked too deep into his soul. He's shared too much with you. He's been too vulnerable. He's been too open. He's been too real. He's been too honest. And now you fucking terrify him because you know too much about him. So then they hopscotching along and, and there's a girl who, she doesn't really know much so they can pretend all day long and they pick her and they're like, yeah, it's you. You don't need to know me. I can control this. You don't have to see who I am. I don't have to be vulnerable. I don't have to be any of that shit that makes me uncomfy. That makes my tummy wummy go wow, wow. I don't have to do any of that shit. And that shit pisses me off to no fucking end because I'm like, if God made me the ruler of the universe, the, I was going to say the amount, but honestly, I can only think of like one man that like, if God made me the ruler of the universe, all that shit about like hiding your feelings, illegal, illegal. You have to be honest. You have to be open. You have to be real with it. You have to be a real bitch. And I would definitely do that. And I would have been married years ago. Oh, I'm not wearing my rings. I would have been married years ago. Period. Okay? Like, I'm just like, dude, like, get a grip. And, like, it makes me so sad because, like, I don't know. I can only hope that these men, like, get their shit together. But they probably not. They probably not. 
yeah. So that's what I have to say about comfort bombing. Um, me and coined that term, period. So if you see anybody else using it, they stole it from us. Yeah, that's embarrassing. You're stealing from a black woman-owned business? Don't do that. Disgusting, okay? So I saw, I told you a while ago that I saw the psychic. And it was not no TikTok psychic, because we know how them TikTok psychics be. Them bitches just be talking out their ass. No offense if you're a TikTok psychic. But like, girl, get off of my For You page. Like, I'm so sorry. I've had enough. I've had enough. But to fucking, you're predicting my life. He's going to come back? No, he's not. He's never coming back, babes. He's never coming back. He don't fucking love me. No stranger is... No, no, no man has been watching my shit waiting for the perfect opportunity. Don't fucking do it. And the thing that always gets me, not to go on a tangent, the thing that always gets me is how they all pull different cards, but they're all telling you the same shit. And I'm like, is there a newsletter that you guys are all subscribed to? Because y'all are full of shit. There are a couple of them that I, you know, obviously they're doing general readings and the algorithm can take it wherever and whatnot and whoever. But there are a couple, like, TikTok psychics, like, maybe one or two that I had weird interactions with. And by weird, I mean they were accurate. So I was like, I don't like that. That's weird. But anyway, so she wasn't no TikTok psychic. But um, I talked about it a little bit last week. But I saw a psychic. And she said that in six months, I'm going to fall in love. This is me sending out the evil eye. This is me I'm putting the the blue this is me saying if you have bad intentions you cannot fuck me up bitch you can't fuck my shit up this is my equivalent of me putting the evil eye here and I'm about to put it on um in the editing portion of this fuck you guys because I know some bitches I know some bitches who don't like me that be watching I know y'all and y'all not finna put no little hex on me fuck you I'm a protected child of the lord Anyways, so, um, so yeah, so I, the psychic, I asked her about my love life. I asked her about my love life and all the cards she pulled were love cards. Okay. Well, I asked about my love life for the next six months and all the cards she pulled were love cards and like, like genuinely love cards. Like it wasn't like, you know, gonna twerp this, not twerp, gonna warp this into being a love card. Like they were all love cards. So I was like, okay, period, period. So she pulled the love cards and, uh, basically in six months I will be in love. (laughs) I'm laughing. Okay. In six months I'm supposed to be in love. Okay. She told me a lot of details and I am booking a follow up with her because I'm like, I got questions. Okay. So she told me a lot of details about this person and I've come to the conclusion that there's a possibility that I may know this person and that I've had things with this person okay so that's the conclusion I've come up to and that is why I'm booking a follow-up because I need clarity um but um, so on to the second part of this, which, you know, I haven't done this in a while where I split the podcast up into two parts, but I did want to talk about this. Um, the fear of failure, period. So, and I was, of course, a man was making me think about this because last night I was having a convo with my friend and I'm always having convos with my friend. I'm always on my fucking phone. It's because of that damn phone, um, that my life is a mess. Not really, but maybe, um, I was having a conversation with my friend last night and I... 
there have been so many times when like I'm talking to a guy, I'm dating a guy and the more I get to know them about like their like life and like future planning skills, the more I'm like, this is not going to work. Like you have no drive, you have no goal, you have no purpose, you have none of that. And like, I feel like that, right? So, and it obviously it's not a nice feeling to think that somebody else could feel like that about you. But the reality of it is sometimes people are looking at you and they, they're seeing you for what you are and they're seeing you as you are. So I was trying to explain this to her and she was like, yeah, but that's such like a shitty thing to like think of somebody as to like all the, like what they're worth and like what they're offering. But I'm like, if you're looking to build a life with somebody, uh, if you're looking to build a life with somebody, you can't actually just write that off. What you, like, you want somebody who's happy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, I'm done. Um, so, yeah, having this conversation. And I started thinking about that and how, you know, like, what somebody else's point of view might have been, which was, like, me, I started a film, quit that. Um, you know, at the time, I was, like very much, I'm a writer. I'm a writer. I write words. My fucking Twitter handle is word S, like go off. Like I'm a writer. It's what I do. I write words. I write stories. I do all that. And I'm still that. But I think at that point I was in film school and I was identifying myself as a filmmaker and I am a filmmaker and I'm pretty good at it. Will you ever see my things? Probably not. Maybe one day when I get a big budget, but the stuff I made, I it's just not, I don't relate to it. I will never put it out. So at the time I was identifying as a filmmaker. I was like, this is what I do. This is what I love. This is everything that I want to do and be in life. Right. So I'm pretty sure that everybody that met me was saying like knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, still kind of putting writing, writing on the back burner, focusing on script writing and filmmaking and at school wanted nothing more to do with it kept writing scripts and then shifted to writing books so then they'd be like what do you do I'm a writer right went from filmmaker to writer and then I had like a little stint which I wouldn't say it's a stint because I still make music um I just don't put it out because I'm not trying to be a pop star I think it's just something that I think for me making music is essentially like a short diary entry like it's something to focus on for a couple hours and to kind of like relax my mind and to get my emotions out like it's just a form of self-expression so I put out some music and okay so no longer filmmaker no longer writer now you're an artist you're a musician oh, okay that's interesting cool um all right cool and then I you know stop that I didn't stop I just stopped putting it out and then I go and I focus on writing and then I'm writing a book and then I'm working on the book and then now I'm a podcaster and it's eh, and it's in you know like <laughs> a lot of different things and from somebody else's perspective that can look like you started this thing you quit it you started something else, it got hard, you quit it. You started something else, you failed, you quit. You fail, you quit. You fail, you quit. You fail, you quit. And I was very hard on myself for a while because thinking of it like that, and I'm like, one, it's not fair for somebody to think that. How many fucking jobs have you had? How many people go to school and they they actually work in the thing that they went to school for? Like, honestly. Seriously. What is, like, 
I didn't realize it at the time, but there is something called the sunk cost fallacy, which is when you start something, you realize you don't like it, you quit it, you move on to something else. The thing though, I will say in comparison to my ish- my story, I wasn't starting and quitting. I still do all of these things. I just don't put them out as much as I should or as much as I used to. I just shift my focus to other things. But I didn't realize though, I've always been a big proponent of the sunk cost fallacy, which is why should you spend another minute doing something that doesn't bring you joy that you're not gonna use rather than quit it? You are never gonna be stuck in the thing for as long, like if you quit something now, you are saving yourself time. Like, and you can put that time into something else. I am not, I'm not afraid of being a quitter. If it's not working for me, why do I have to see it through? Why do I have to see it through? And you know, this is the thing. Like after college, I very much adhered to the sunk cost fallacy, thinking, okay, the sunk cost has been, you know, all the effort I put into this, 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 this. I need to keep going to see it through. No, I don't. No, I don't. It wasn't working then. It's not working now. And it now move on to something else. Had I put that fucking into play when I was in school, I probably would have been a lot happier. And the thing is, when I was in school, I, the, my first year of school, I was not, I knew it was not meshing. It was not it for me. My first year, at the end of my first year, I was like, I hate it. And I want to switch out to something else. Went to the counselor's office. They were like, your transfers do, your credits do not transfer. So I'm like, oh, fuck. I've already put in a year of work. I need to see it through. I can't waste a year. You know what's crazy? I ended up spending like five years in school anyways. So had I just quit and gone to a different school, it would not, the difference, it it would not have made a fucking difference. But I was afraid of the time that I'd already lost. Okay? So when I start to think about all this stuff, like I can have a lot of regret. I can have a lot of like cringing moments and I still have a lot of cringing moments because I just I sometimes I think about my life from an outward perspective a little too much and I'm like they probably think I'm a quitter they think I'm a loser they can't think I can't get my shit together but then I have to play a Jedi mind trick on myself and I'm like no you're not a quitter you are a rerouter you're not a quitter you just know how to switch it up you know how to pivot you're a pivoter that's what you need to do you need to pivot you need to see the positive and everything like what the fuck is wrong with you know there's nothing wrong with pursuing your hobbies you should pursue your hobbies if you start something it doesn't work out that's fine move on to something else who gives a fuck if you either failed or quit If every person that fucking failed at something just stopped trying other things because they were afraid of what people would say, half of the shit that you are using that makes your life easier, that you enjoy, would not exist because that person failed once and they were scared to move on and try again. The fear of failure is very, very real, but I don't think it's a fear that like we actually have on ourselves. I think we're fine with failing. We're fine with knowing that we sucked at something because it's a very sobering experience. And it's every time I fail at something, I most of the time I find it humorous. But I think we're more focused on 
it from an outward perspective, how people are watching us. Like it's as if like we are on stage and everybody else is an audience member and they're watching us audition over and over and over and over. And in our heads, that's how it is. They're watching us audition over and over and they're saying, okay, she fucked up the plie. Hmm. She fucked up the toe touch. Hmm. She fucked this up. I wonder if she's going to try a pirouette next she might fuck that up too oh she tried the pirouette she fucked it up but you know what at the end of that dance routine you might really succeed on the leap and then what the fuck are they gonna say oh she finally succeeded something really if you're thinking about your life in terms of that you never win because it's like oh you oh you're a writer now okay oh you're a filmmaker now okay oh you're an influencer now Oh, okay. Oh, you're a podcaster now? Oh, okay. Fuck off. Like, fuck off. Like, and I've had people say shit like that to me where they're like, oh, I thought you were like making movies. Bitch, now I am the movie. It's a TikTok movie uh, with one scene, one character and no script. Period. Period. Like, what the fuck? Like, People are allowed to change their minds. People are allowed to try different things. People are allowed to fail. People are allowed to succeed. People are allowed to do worse than you and they're allowed to do better than you because none of this shit is permanent. None of these accolades are permanent and none of them are real if we really want to go there. If we really want to go there, none of this shit is real, but I'm not going to go there because I don't want to spiral into an existential crisis. But yeah, like... I think it's perfectly fine to be afraid of failing, but you still have to do it because time is moving and so are you. The earth is spinning. Time is moving. Um, if you do something or if you do nothing, time's still moving. You could have failed. You could have won, but you didn't do anything. So now we know neither of which can happen. Period. So that's what I have to say about the fear of failure. Um, see, that's the thing. When I do like topics like this, I always get annoyed because when I finish with the topic, I'm like, and that's how I feel about that. And that's our show today. Like, that's how I feel like it ends. But anyway, so I really tried my hardest to tie those things together. And if you don't think I did a good job, I will not be paying attention to you. Um, but yeah, so yeah, all of that. <sighs> yeah, all of that. I I feel like there's something else I want to say, but like I feel like my brain just hasn't conjured up the exact words yet. But yeah. So and cuz I don't want to I don't really want to talk about the personal aspect to what I just talked about. Um but I feel it wanting to come out of my mouth. But I'm not going to let it. But yeah, so fail, succeed, live, laugh, love. Do all the things you want to do and don't let the thought of what people think hold you back. Like, there's nothing worse than that. Like, because at the end of the day, if somebody is really watching you like that, they're a fucking loser, bro. Like, they need a hobby. Why are you their hobby? Why is watching everything you do their hobby? That's weird. Like, that's really on some weird hater, you need a life shit. So at the end of the day, if somebody is watching you, they're the problem. Okay? They're the problem. But, um, yeah, that was the show for today. It might end up actually being a really short show. I'm not sure. 
um, because I feel like I talked fast and I knew what I wanted to say and I said it. So that's always really scary because I don't even know if I met the mark of the time that I'm supposed to meet. But either way, um, I'm really happy to be here with you this week. Uh, last week's episode was, you know, it's weird because last week's episode, I didn't realize how vulnerable I was until after words and I listened to it and I was like oh my god there was a lot of TMI in there and you may not think it's TMI but I was like cringing hardcore and I I just I don't know like posting things on Twitter not Twitter posting stuff on TikTok and like Instagram I started feeling embarrassed because I was like like how how much longer can I talk about this about being single about being alone about my loneliness like I don't know. I was just feeling some type of way about it. I think I've, lol, everything I just preached against telling you not to think about how people think. But like, you know, sometimes I do feel like there's somebody in the audience watching me go years and years and years and years and never finding love and being like, damn, bitch, you still ain't find nobody. That's what I feel like. I feel like they're in the audience and like, ugh, here she goes again. Another year. No, man. Wow. Who could have guessed it? So I think like I definitely was feeling that and I, I was feeling very self-conscious. Um, Loki had a little mental breakdown when I started posting because it was like, I watched this, I listened to this like 10 times, I edited it and I never felt cringy or weird until I had to start sharing it with an audience and now I am uncomfortable. So hopefully that doesn't happen with this episode. But um... But yeah, as always, it was a joy to be here with you today, and I hope your week is great. I hope your week is lovely. I hope you are found, found. I hope you are filled with love and abundance and happiness and joy. I hope you eat good food. I hope you get hugs. I hope you get intimacy. I hope you get kisses. I hope you hold somebody's hand. I hope your friend runs their fingers through your hair. I hope your friend tells you that they love you. Um, I hope you experience intimacy and in more ways than romance and I hope that your soul feels satisfied honestly I really do Um, because I think that's something we all deserve and a lot of us lack so um, yeah but I love you baby have a good day have a nice week I'm always thinking about you always loving you always sending you positive thoughts and vibes and as always, if you're listening on Apple Music, on Apple Podcast, leave a rating and a review, even if you have left one before. It always helps the girl. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, leave a rating on Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave a like, uh, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you know when I post, okay? Um as always, it's been a joy. I love you so much. Have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Mwah, mwah, mwah.